Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and Walnut Large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer. As always, uh, attempting to try to speak to you in my own voice and always attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. So as always, uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time to give us a listen. As always, I appreciate and know particularly now as we enter fall, as we enter the holidays, and there's a lot of flux going on, you know, lots of things. You know, it's kind of like a tsunami, whether it's this or that, whatever, it just comes in waves. But thank you so much to give us your valuable time and give us a listen. Uh, a couple things. I, Again, <laughs> I'm in good health. I'm perfectly fine. It's just I haven't recorded a show in a while. I've been extremely busy with book nine. And uh, I think we locked down the title to the book and the subtitle to the book. I hopefully will be done in a few months to uh, 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 submit it. There's a publisher that's very interested in the project. And I think it's a very timely book. It's a haunting love story book. It's uh, it's it's I've never written anything like this. This is very it's been kind of grueling for me. But that's that's the main reason why I haven't had the uh, the time to give you folks a show. And, and I apologize about that. I truly do. But I do appreciate the comments and the emails and, you know, I guess some Facebook comments and so forth ab about it. And it I'm, I'm perfectly fine. But thank you for your patience. And it does mean the world to me. These shows probably do more for me than you. It just it, it makes me want to be a better person. It makes me to strive to to, 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 to take an extra step or two to kind of just, you know, hold my breath and not, you know, be uh, be rude or you know, intolerant and so forth and uh, and, and not know you know, it, it's it's sad sometimes that we judge so instantaneously. I've I've seen this in the last five, ten, maybe even fifteen, twenty years before political correctness came to be how hypersensitive everybody is or how they go from being nice to boom, you're my BFF and now I, 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 I unbook you on Facebook or I don't like you anymore. So I, I always try to think about what the other person or persons are going through. And that's why, you know, we, we do these shows to make us a better, you know, s sense of, of, of human beings, to make us more responsible, again, more patient, more tolerant. And hopefully, too, to, to have a, a mission in life, to have a purpose, and to be happy in our strive for purpose. A lot of people just get out of bed and they just do nothing with their lives. And they're miserable people. I think our, our, our function in life is to live life. And sometimes life is hard. Life is not easy. But it's such an, a grand, in my case, a grand adventure. Your life should be a grand adventure as well. So with that, let's get to the first question. The most important question that we have is, how are you? How are you doing? I always like to say this. If you're having a cup of coffee, if you're taking a little walkie walk, you know, slow down, take a sip. Hmm. How are you doing today? The old saying, man plan, God laughs. And if COVID has taught us anything, Anything can happen at any time, any place, and it can ruin you. It can change your life. It's like being in a car accident. It's like you, 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 you're not feeling too well, and the doctor says, we need to have the talk. Oh, my gosh. Whoa. 
anything can happen, particularly as a parent, kids, the kiddos. It's amazing that our kids grow up, that they can grow up and still have 10 fingers and 10 toes and be in relative health mentally and physically and spiritually. That's just, I, I can't, uh, the older I get, I, I can't believe the, the luck I have with my boy, Stephen. Relatively healthy man. He's been through an awful lot as well. All of us have. But I want to make sure, ladies and gentlemen, hand on the heart, hand on the Bible, that you are doing well. I want to make sure that you take good care of yourself. You cannot take care of anybody or anything, any problem that God will give you. It's, it's, it's weird. In, in the workplace, they say 80% of the work is done by 20% of the personnel. Why? You always give your most important projects to the busiest person. Why? Because they'll take the time and effort and dedication to do their best. That's probably the only reason why I've been a semi-success. I am not the best in anything. I don't want to be the best in anything, but I'll give you my damnedest. That's what I think life should be about. Attempting to try. So I want to make sure you're taken care of. So in all that you do, please, oh please, take care of you. All right. Let's get to it. This is a going to be a little bit of a different show. <laughs> and I hope I don't lose some of my audience during part of the show. <laughs> and it's not what you think. But let's kind of get to it. We have We're always getting questions like, Dave, Dave, when are we going to be back to normal? I'm tired of wearing masks. I'm tired of hearing about COVID. I'm tired. I'm tired. Folks, this is the new normal. We've talked about this. I know there's a lady I saw on television, and she says, you know, I've done this and I've done that. I'm just tired of wearing my mask. I'm just tired. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I am too. You know, I'm playing by the rules. I got my shots. I social distance. I wear my mask. I don't go out, for goodness sakes. My biggest, my, 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 my biggest luxury is going to the gym, trying to get in shape. <laughs> Ever since I saw Chili Willie, that's what we used to call him in his younger days, Mr. Will Smith, you know, and that, 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 that guy, he played Muhammad Ali. Remember that? God, I think he put on like 20 pounds, man. He looked crazy buffed. In all his films, you know, he, he's got those arms and the chest, and he's always looking, always looking just the epitome of good health. And I guess a few months ago, he, 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 he took off his T-shirt, and you saw a little belly on the man. And he says, I need to work out, and I want you to work out with me. Let's get back in shape, America. And I thought, wow, if, if, if Mr. Smith can do that, I got to do better, too. So I finally found a local gym that <laughs> I can't afford to pay for. I don't know. Pre-COVID, it was this amount, post, semi-post-COVID. It's like, oh, my gosh. And everybody's saying, well, I got to make money. I'm losing money. But I'm going, but this is like three times more than it was before. But that's just me. And I'm, I'm starting to work out again and get back into shape. But bottom line, folks, this is the new norm. you got to adjust. You know who's going to take a hard hit with this? I think it's going to be colleges. How, how, I mean, I don't know how they justified before of, 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 of you know, some, some colleges back east or even Stanford here in the West Coast. I mean, I heard someone say something like $50,000, $70,000 per semester. Oh, my gosh. How, I, I don't know how they can justify that now. I mean, we're, we're working on restaurants and gyms and, and, and movie theaters and so forth, and that's great. But bottom line, this is the new norm. I think we just have to just take it one day at a time because now they're talking about boosters. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if I can kind of wrap this up in a nutshell. No one 
has the answers. We've got doctors working in, in specialty labs, you know, trying to break down COVID, whatever variant it may be. We, 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 we've got hospitals that are overwhelmed, and the nurses and the staff, they're getting burned out. No one knows. And this is just not us. This is the world. I remember that movie, War of the Worlds, not the one with Tommy Cruise, but the, the, the original one, I think, in 1953, whatever. Uh, and, and I love the narration of it. And, and, and they talked about, you know, the Martians are here, here, here. They're everywhere. And we have to work together, whether it's the information, our ideas on how to defeat them. But we've got to work together. And that's what the world's doing with COVID, ladies and gentlemen. And no one has the answers. I've heard talks and rumors there might be other variants. I've read several reports that said this is not a pandemic anymore. It's an endemic, which means basically it's going to be with us forever. Won't be as strong, won't be as lethal, but it's still going to be there forever. Again, just like measles or smallpox in a sense. And we just have to find a way to adjust to it. But at least we're better. We're better than we were this time last year. Now, for an old man with no hair and at times I feel no country, one year ain't bad. And my life, one year, is, my life has changed so much in the last year. My life has turned on a dime in the last three years. And that's what they do. They, you know, folks in program, they, they say, I don't look at things a year at a time. I look at it one day at a time, something I can easily, easily grasp, something I can not have a lot of control over, but something I can try to attempt to do. And I think that's courageous. That is so courageous. And in my case, one year, one year is a long time, but that's something I can plan, something I can do. And we are getting better. Look, the numbers are, 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 are okay. Uh, eight months into getting vaccines, 57.3% of Americans have both their shots. 57%. Single shot is 63, pardon me, 66.3. And I'm a little kind of miffed with that. I mean, I mean, we, we, we've done everything. We, we have signs telling us that we need to get the shots. Every doctor on the street says, please get the shots. They've even had, at California, we had a lotto. Get a shot, you'll get a number, and maybe you'll get a thousand bucks. I don't understand that. Now, I do under, I mean, I, I understand that some folks are afraid. I heard someone say, well, the, the, the government is putting some type of electronic device within the vaccine so they can track us. I'm going, the government's kind of busy right now. They don't need to track Ab and Jeb, the moron twins. Okay. If they're on hotgirlsgonewild.com, the government doesn't care. Okay. It's just, I mean, I, 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 there's a lot of stuff on the Internet. And I think we know now that half of that stuff is just, I, th I, I can't imagine what type of person would be in the bottom of mommy's garage in their 20s or 30s or even 40s. Mom, meatloaf. Mom, where's my Twinkies? Down there typing away deliberate lies to scare people. To me, that's criminal behavior. I mean, I, I, that's just me. But what I'm trying to say is this, if... If you're getting your information from the Internet, which, you know, I, that's fine. But go to the source. 
Make an appointment with your doctor, your specialist. Talk to a nurse, please. Ask them, do you have your shots? Yes. Why? Because I, you know, if in case I catch it, I don't want to die. This is the best thing that we can do right now is get the vaccine. It's the best thing we can do right now is the vaccines. Please get it. Talk to the nurse. Everybody knows somebody in the medical field, an uncle, an aunt, a friend, a neighbor, somebody. Talk, 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 talk to a, go down to the local ambulance shop. They've got paramedics, they've got EMTs. Ask them. You guys see this all the time. Do you have your shots? Hmm, okay. Firefighters, somebody. It's, it's, we're, we're getting at the point, and I, and I think this is going to be part of the last resistance, that people are going to be laid off or even fired. I, I heard something about Chicago uh, police officers that might be fired if they don't get their shots. I can see maybe a suspension or something without pay or a fine, but my gosh. But I think we're starting to kind of crack down on this because, folks, I don't think it's going to work unless we all do this together. And then, again, we still have the rest of the world. It's a pandemic. It's a worldwide event. So enough of that harping on that. I think I've done enough, but we're doing better. So clappy clap, give yourself a pat on the back. And if I may, kind of moving along here, I want to be the first to say happy holidays. Because Halloween kicks it off. Happy Holloways. You should be smiling. Where were you at this time last year? I mean, we, we, were, we, were, we, were, we were locked down, opened up, locked down, semi-open. You know, it was, and, and again, since no one had a grasp on it, we're, we're taking one step forward, four steps back, two steps forward, two steps sideways. So we've done a lot since this time last year. It's not 100,000%, but Man, and, and, and again, life is different. Life evolves in a sense. Do, do, do you remember uh, when, if, if you're over 40 or, or maybe, you know, over 35 or so, it, or the trick-or-treating was a lot different back then. It is. Today, it's like the kids go out from like 2 to 4 in the afternoon and trick-or-treat for like four or five houses, and that's it. It takes more time for the kids to get dressed up in their costumes and actually go and trick-or-treating, it seems. I mean, do you remember the days that you always had, there was always one or two houses that went full out, man. They had they had the record player going. Yeah, that's how old I am. <laughs> they had a record player. Please Google record player. <laughs> they had the record player going with the spooky sounds, you know, and their house was all decked up, you know, it's like, oh my God, do witches really live there? You know, and... And, and, and the sound effects and the lights, they went all out. There was always one or two people on the block that did that. And they did the same thing at Christmas. Now we have Christmas wars. I heard I was working on the book yesterday, and someone says, oh, I'm going to out-Christmas my neighbor. It's a Christmas war. And I'm going, if I may, I think the spirit of Christmas was not about going to war. <laughs> but anyhow, when I was a kid, my, my, my mom would hand out the candy. This is before things went, you know. Uh, uh, BSC, bat, poop, crazy, as I call it. Uh, 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 and, and Dad would take us. And the thing is, it, it always we'd only go down two or three blocks, but it took us like three or four hours to do that because Dad would stop at a home, every two or three homes, and have a drink. 
and us kids were just like, oh, man, would you get a Reese's Pieces per se, or did you get this, did you get that? And and back in our day, you didn't eat anything until we laid it all out because some crazy folks were putting razor blades and apples. Pathetic. There's always some kook out there. Remember that. Well, there's getting advice from Eb and Jeb, again, the moron twins, about you don't need to get your shots. Look at me. <coughs> I'm perfectly healthy. <coughs> I'm the epitome of, I'm the epitome of health. <laughs> the man's out trying to get me. Mm, no, there's always some crazy idiot out there. And I remember Stephen when he was a young boy. Well, he really, the best Halloween for him, I think, when he was about four. And I was flying for the Air Force. He was getting into the uh, dinosaur thing back then. Dinosaurs were really making a comeback, and this was before Jurassic Park. And, 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 and our neighbor loaned us uh, their, their little outfit from last year. So Stephen is in this T-Rex outfit. You know, uh, 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 it's green and black. And he's got, I, I have two photos of him upstairs in my uh, loft. Oh, actually, I have dozens of photos of Stephen. But two in particular of, 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 of him and his Halloween outfits. And, and, and I was so upset because I had to fly that afternoon. You show up at 10, and, and you come back about 8. So you show up at 10 a.m., and you're released about 8 or so p.m. And I was just, God, I hope we get canceled. Gosh, I hope, why are we going to in-flight emergency so we can land or <laughs> something? Because I want to take Stevio trick-or-treating, because this was the first year that he really, really got into it. In this photo, he's hug- he's got his big, wide smile and a big, gaping, open mouth. And he's hugging this, this, this beautiful little pumpkin that, that he picked from the pumpkin farm. It's his pumpkin. And so we flew our mission. Uh, we landed and usually do a debrief. For a two-hour flight, it's like two, three hours of debrief. You go over every switch, every radio call, everything that we said or did as a crew. How can we do better? Da, da, da. And, and, and my aircraft commander, God bless him, he knew I was antsy. And he had pity on me. He says, Pelzer, get out of here. Of course, I go home, and it's dark, you know, it's, it's you know, maybe 7, 38 o'clock at night, you know, and, and, they, and I'm, I'm living on the base at the Air Force Base, and the beautiful little boy's in his bed, all tuckered out, and, and I looked at his mom, how long has he been asleep? Oh, he just went to sleep, really, just went to sleep? Too bad. Mm-mm. Steven, Steven, hey, little man, come on, little dude, go, 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 get up, rawr, rawr, we gotta go, gotta go, what, what's going on? I put him back in his little outfit. He had a little plastic pumpkin thing for his for his, to collect some uh, uh, his candy. I knocked on like three or four doors. Like, what are you doing? I'm going. Oh, we're trick or treating, dude. We shut that down an hour ago. I'm going. No, give my boy a treat because otherwise there's going to be a trick. Okay, it won't be funny. So we we officially trick or treated together. And I remember when his mother and I divorced. I would drive from the Russian River, you know, three and a half hours. And, and, and take him trick-or-treating for a couple hours down certain blocks and then drive him back to his house and put him to bed and then drive back home. You know, you get home about 1, 32 o'clock in the morning. And it was just those bonding moments. Ain't that something? Just those bonding moments that you remember. It's it's That's why I think this year, the holiday season, you know, there, there's going to be a moment of grace. It's not usually, to my knowledge, during Halloween or even Christmas or New Year's. Usually those moments of grace are in 
you know, something like Thanksgiving when you have everybody over and uh, and, and, and f people like Dr. Fauci and everybody saying, hey, rather than doing uh, one huge big party with 50, 60 people, maybe have several parties. There you go. Five, maybe six, seven people, 10 people max each. Going, wow, that would be kind of nice, huh? Busy, but nice. Yeah, you get your calendar filled up there. And I have decided, I'm alerting the media to this, I'm, I'm actually going to go to a Christmas party this year. I'd never do that. Never. And I was with Miss Kay. We, we went to her beautiful father's house, and oh, my God, 30, 40, 50 people would be there. It would be crazy. The, 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 her siblings and, and, and their kids and their spouses. It was just, oh, just beautiful. But I haven't, per se, been to, like, a Christmas party, and I've decided I'm going to step out of my box and do it. I'm definitely going to do that. But what I'm trying to say about the holidays, look for those moments of grace and take a step back and ask yourself, where were you at this time last year? Whether it was COVID or maybe there was a medical problem, maybe, you know, uh, some financial issues. God forbid, you know, that, 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 that you didn't go through a divorce. But I th it always takes something negative for us to appreciate the positive. Whether it's, I was up this morning, been up for since 12.30 a.m. And I stepped outside and the seasons are changing. It's, it's getting very crisp here at the Russian River in Northern California. It's about uh, 43, 44 degrees. And I smelt the crispness of the trees, this, how crisp everything was. Yes, it was cold. And, and, and I can see a little bit of the fog rolling in here, but how, how just beautiful that scent is it's i've always i think because of my past god has blessed me to, to have the sensitivity to appreciate things whether they're good or unfortunately sometimes when they're bad but i'm looking i want you if you may write that down your homework assignment this holiday season capture those moments of grace maybe write it down write it down in a post-it write it down a three by five card and then when you're not feeling well when you're a little sullen when, when you can't find your solace, maybe if you feel vapid, pull that out of your purse, pull that out of your wallet. It's amazing. We take photos of the good times. I always tell people, when you're having a real bad day, take a photo. Take that selfie. We do that when we're trying to get into shape. Look at our friend, Mr. Smith, Will Smith. He's, he's, not, he's a very proud man. You think he's proud to show off his little belly, his beer belly, whatever? No, I'm sure he's not. But I'm sure now, you know, a couple months later, okay, he's, he's getting better. Uh-oh, maybe next year. There's that six-pack, Mr. Smith. If he can do it, I can try. That's what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I know i, I got to say this. We've had some very, very serious shows. And I was the first one to say, to my knowledge, that I knew COVID was bad. That would be, here's the, uh, how about this? Here's the test question. Ding, 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 ding. When did Pelzer Dumas, all unknowing, all unseen, say to you, the audience, and the world at large, and everybody I met, I knew COVID was serious when? What event changed it from, yeah, we'll be out of this in a couple of weeks, like, oh my God, the fit has hit the shan. What was that one event that changed COVID for Mr. Pelzer? The answer, no time to die. Dun, 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 dun. When they slipped, no time to die. And by that time, we haven't had a Bond film in, what, four and a half, five years? 
which is a pretty long time with no bond. Because the old bond with uh, our good friend, Sir Sean Connery, we had a Bond film every eight months, every year, right on the money. Because it was just, I mean, it was, it was crazy. Now it's like, what? Four or five years without a Bond film? So when they, we, we, we locked down, was it late February, first part of March, Year of Our Lord 2020. It was supposed to be released, No Time to Die, April of that year. And when they pushed it back to November and then slipped it another year, I'm like, oh, my God, this is serious stuff. If you, if you kill James Bond or kill off the release of the movie, uh, well, this Houston, we have a problem. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, this is, gonna, this is where I'm going to make people a little upset. <laughs> if you have not seen the film and wish to see it, you are excused. I'm not joking because I don't want to spoil it for you. Because anybody who knows me, I'm a Bond aficionado. I have had the pleasure and privilege to own Lotus Esprits, plural. I had a black one when I lived up here in the Russian River. I have a photo of my son on that. And I got rid of that when I moved down south. And down south, uh, uh, I, I captured one that I always wanted to get, a white Lotus Esprit. Yes, uh, I've owned an Aston Martin DB9 convertible. I was fortunate enough to own that for uh, just exactly one year before I turned it back in. I bought the future former ex-Mrs. Pelzer, a beautiful Lotus Avora. When I'm out and about, when I'm doing in-service training, I wear Armani. I'm not as hunched over as I usually am. I have cufflinks. I adjust them every once in a while. And when I check in a hotel, I say three words. Pelzer. Dave Pelzer. The Bond films have had such a dramatic effect on my life. Uh, 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 the detective who travels the world. He's an orphan. He's intelligent. He's got skill sets. When I was a young boy, I never understood why James would be with the girls. I'm like, James, come on, man. There's like world domination. There's a bad guy going to kill us all. You don't have time for this, Jimbo. Okay, girly, get out. But I understand, you know, you understand stuff like that. The cars, the gadgets, the whole team thing with M and Q. And again, the, the, the globe trotting, unbelievable. I, I, I found out as a young teenager in foster care, I want to go to Egypt. I want to go. I want to go to Italy. I want to go to these. Wow, these are beautiful places. I've studied. I've read all the books on Bond, behind the scenes on the movies. I, I can tell you plots, directors, uh, who did the stunts, who did the gags. I love James Bond. It's one of my things. I love James Bond. I love my San Francisco Giants. Oy. Oh, my God. I can't believe what happened. Oh, boy. want to talk about You want to see an old man cry? You should have seen me a couple of days ago. <laughs> Don't talk to my son about the Giants, okay? He's still in a coma. <laughs> I love my movies. I my James Bond movies. I love movies. Bond is awesome. So here's the thing. If you're going to see the movie No Time to Die, please, you have your homework assignment. And I will say to you, as I always say, good day, good luck, and as always, God bless. Now, for those of you who have seen the film, you're going to want to hear this, okay? So I, I want to start off with, uh, uh, we've had a lot of uh, fans, uh, particularly our good friend, our lady friend from Down Under, Down Under Miss Claire from New Zealand. Dave, what did you think of the new 007 film? 
Well, I, I'll tell you. Oh, my God. You know, what you want to talk about a perfect send-off and the timing of, of, of the villain and what the villain represented. I mean, they could not have done this better. And you have to understand, this movie was in the can before COVID, before COVID hit. I remember, <coughs> excuse me, I remember when I was in foster care, my first foster family, I was in a temporary foster home, transferred to my first foster home. I want to say uh, 2285 Shannon Drive, South San Francisco, the Catan's family. They had several foster kids, and I hooked up with a guy called Big Larry. He was just a big kid. He was like 17, 18, and he loved movies. And my foster mother gave me a dollar twenty-five. I think it was July 2nd or 3rd, and Larry and I walked up and down hills seven miles. Didn't have bikes. We walked, and I saw a film that changed my life forever. It was called Live and Let Die. It was Roger Moore's outing as James Bond. And the music and the boat chases. <gasps> oh, my God. They had James Bond on Crocodile Island. Oh, my God. Now I was so scared. How was James Bond going to get off Crocodile Island? Oh, my God, Mr. Bond. But we still got another hour to go. I'm going, okay, he's going to have to figure this out. <laughs> it was amazing. By coincidence, before I was rescued, I did a book report on the state of Louisiana. By coincidence, my favorite animal is turtles and alligators. So this thing was amazing. You had boat chases and hang gliders and villains and lairs. Oh, my God. Gosh, Here, here's some trivia. Ho, ho. Because, again, being the Bond aficionado that I am, they're on, they're on location uh, scouting how are they going to do the boat chase. All it was in the script, it said the best boat chase ever filmed. That was the script for that scene. So that 15-minute boat chase, semi-impromptu, and they had to go to locale to locale. to say, we can do this, we can do that. And they came across a fence, and it said, trespassers will be eaten. They took a photo of it. They gave it to, uh, uh, what was it, Guy Hamilton, I think, was the director. And they gave it to the producers, Harry and Albert, uh, Harry Schatzman and Albert Broccoli. And, and, and they said, we got to check this out. And it was a crocodile alligator farm owned by a guy called Russ Kananga. They loved that name so much, they wrote that end of the script as the villain's name, Russ Kananga. Ooh. So James Bond's on Alligator Island. And these alligators out and our crocodiles are, 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 are coming up to him. Oh, my God. And he does the most amazing stunt. He hops. He just jumps from one crocodile to another to another to another until he gets to the land. It's amazing. If, if you Google best stunts, movie stunts in the world of all time, I thought the Tommy Cruise Mission Possible hanging on the plane was pretty cool. It's a simple gag, which means stunt, but it's still pretty Darn cool. I think that made the top 10. And out of all the stunts, and we'll talk about it more here in a second, th I think the Alligator Island, Crocodile Island stunt in Live and Let Die is number three out of like 100. Loved, loved the bond. Loved it. Such a profound effect on me. I just, just uh, unbelievable. And I love the villain's layers. The villains were always smart, and they had could they had beautiful lairs. They had money. They always had money, for goodness sakes. 
But let's let's talk about Daniel Craig. Pierce Bronson, when he went to the meeting, when his last Bond film, it was very CGI'd and it was it was definitely directed toward the kiddos. You know, fifteen to twenty five, you know, sail, surfing, you know, all these little things they were doing, hovercraft and whatever, and, and and they didn't really have a lot of good scripts. So when Pierce went in for the meeting, you know, okay, let's negotiate my new <laughs> film. They said, no, we're going in a different direction. And Pierce did not, from what I understand, was not expecting it. Uh, 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 Michael Wilson, the stepson of Albert Broccoli, the pro- senior producer before he passed away, and, and Barbara Broccoli, the uh, a daughter of uh, Barbara Broccoli, the daughter of Albert, they said, Pierce, we love you, but we're going in a different direction. I'll never forget how much crap the actor got before he even shot the film. When they announced our new James Bond is going to be Daniel Craig, they had him at the, the, the river, and, and the, uh, it was an SAS boat, Special Forces boat, and, and, he, and he, he got out, and people booed him because he had on a life jacket. He's such a wimp. It's like, no, this is, all of us have life jackets on. It's, 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 it's just, this is like a seatbelt. you got to wear it. Okay, I know it's not macho looking, but it is what it is. Well, we don't like you because your hair is kind of blonde. James Bond has black hair. Um, Roger Moore had blonde hair, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we didn't give him that much crap. But you knew, ladies and gentlemen, in the first seconds of the movie Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, the first second of the film, you knew it was different because it was in black and white. And everything about it was cold. And he's in the guy's office, and, oh, I didn't know you were 007. Don't you have to have two kills? Yep. How did he die? Not well. And James Bond, they, they show him beating up a guy, and he shoots him, a bad henchman. And now he's going to have to take care of this other guy who has a gun in his desk. Mm, pulls it out, goes to shoot James. There's nothing in it. There's no, there's no bullet in, in the chamber. And James takes the other guy out. He says, considerably less easier, or considerably more easier than the first. Hence, 007, you have to have double o- you have to have two kills. And if you look at that James Bond character, he was a detective. He broke into M's computer in her house, broke into his com- her computer again when he's in, in the Bahamas, for God's sakes. There was a movie, the first movie uh, uh, of the series, 1962 Dr. No. Joseph Wiseman played the sinister Dr. No. And you looked at his lair. That whole budget was a million dollars, which was unbelievable. You can't spend a million dollars on a film. But the sets were awesome. They were crazy. Where, who, who did the sets? I, I, I forget, but I know, I, I know he, he was knighted years, years ago before he died. I have to try to remember that man's name but who produced the sets. But there was a scene in Dr. No, because Spectre, you know, they're, they're all over the world, and they believe in terrorism and, 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 you know, exploiting things and so forth. And, 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 and they try to recruit Bond. Dr. No tries to recruit James. He says, no, I'm a good guy. You're, he says, uh, and, and Dr. No says, east, west, north, south are all points of a compass, Mr. Bond. We are everywhere. We are Spectre. And you're nothing but a stupid policeman whose time to die. And I thought, wow, unbelievable. So when the film, his first outing as a 007, he falls in love with, 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 with his partner, Vesper. 
And I really believe that Vesper Lind loved James. She was blackmailed. They were blackmailing her and her then lover. So she had to basically do what she did. And it was amazing. In the book, there's 14 books to the series that Ian Fleming wrote and one novelette, which means short stories. The first book was called Casino Royale, which I thought, oh, my God, we got a new James Bond. We're doing Casino Royale. This is good. And in the, the, the last sentence of the book, the publisher didn't want to publish it. Ian Fleming, the writer, insisted on They said, the publisher, we can't say language like this. People will throw the book away. This will be the end of your writing career, Ian. He says, no, it needs to be said. And it's called a drop line. They had it in the movie Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. But it was a drop line. In the back, in the last words of the book, the bitch is dead. Because James Bond fell in love. He shouldn't have done that. He should have been disconnected. He should have been mission-oriented. And when James Bond is uh, in Venice, after Lynn passes away, he's checking in with M. He wants to be reinstated as a double O because he resigned. Are you okay, Bond? I'm fine. The bitch is dead. What do you got? And you just knew... You just knew with this Daniel Craig that, that, that this was a different, different series. Now, I have to say this about, you know, Roger Moore is, is, is my first love for James, but Daniel Craig is definitely my best. And I, this has to be said, because I know Mr. Craig got in trouble uh, uh, with this other film. Hey, man, what do you think about playing Bond again? He says, I'd rather slit my wrist. Please leave me alone. That was kind of taken out of context. With the James Bond films, there's so much thing, there's so many elements to it. You always do post-production, and sometimes you got to reshoot scenes. From what I understand, uh, uh, they kept Craig for an additional two and a half, three months when he thought, okay, I'll be released. I can move on with my life. Because you got to 200, you, you have to do 200 interviews a day for the press. Every single day, on set, in the parking lot, it just never ends. The stunts. You have to practice months and months and months for a two-minute stunt. There is a stunt in uh, 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 Tomorrow Never Dies, the motorcycle stunt, the, the jump stunt. They, had, it took a, they said a month to film that because the wind suddenly was shifting. It was blowing the motorcycle and the stuntman in the wrong direction. So they had to redo their cameras. They had to do it at a certain time, hopefully in the morning before the winds pick up. And again, the fight scenes. That was one of the reasons why Sean Connery just basically quit. They were so physical. It wasn't CGI back then. It wasn't choreographed as perfectly as they do now. So to do one Bond film, you're basically giving up three years of your life. Oh, my gosh. So I say, God bless you, Daniel Craig. Thank you. And you know who really needs to be thanked is, 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 is Miss Barbara Broccoli and, and her stepbrother, uh, Michael Wilson. Michael's been involved with this thing since the Roger Moore days, for goodness sakes. But let's go back to the film, Tomorrow Never Dies. You knew at the opening this was going to be a different film. A different film. Did, 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 did you know that with most of the Bond films, there's always a gigantic opening? A fantastic opening, like jaw-dropping opening. This started with uh, Roger Moore's Spy Who Loved Me in which the James Bond character is being pursued by the baddies, and he skis off a cliff, and at the last second opens up his parachute. You're like, oh my gosh! And that stunt was done by a guy called Rick Sylvester. The producers 
found by accident uh, a, a, a photograph of Rick Sylvester jumping off a cliff, popping a parachute, and it said Seagram Sevens. Ha, ha, live your life. Take a take 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 a chance. Jump off something. And and that was that stuff was done in Baffin Island, Canada, and they were there I think for like a week and a half, shivering, freezing, just to get the right shot. And when they finally did the stunt, if you look at the film, you lose the character or you lose the the, the stunt man for about two or three seconds because the wind and you had some snow in there. And ever since that, they had to outdo themselves every time on stunts. The next film, Moonraker, they had Roger Moore 007 jumping out of a plane with no parachute. So he has to capture the guy that has a parachute. Wrestle him midair, get the parachute, kick the bad guy away. Unbelievable. So with the, the James Bond films, there was always this big opening. But in, 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 in this one, you know, it was a long setup. It was a long setup. It was very sinister. That, that bad guy, you know, k- killing, killing a, a, a mom who's drunk and doing drugs and just totally checked out and, and thought about killing the kid. Unbelievable. And then you go, f- it, then you go into real time and the stunts involved with that with the Aston Martin. That was called the square donut. <laughs> and that was very sad. Very sad how, how, how James had to let go of his second love, Miss, uh, Miss Swan, for goodness sakes. And it's amazing, too, because I'm, I'm weird. I picked up on, I picked up on something. In the opening scene when James Bond's driving in Italy with Miss Swan, you know, he's got the Aston Martin. And, and he's driving at a nice leisurely pace. And the girl just spoons up to him. By the way, that was a beautiful purse she had. Uh, spoons up to him, says, James, can't we go any faster? And he smiles says, no, honey. We have all the time in the world. And immediately I knew, oh, my God, it's true. The rumors are true. Why? And then they had the background music. They had the background theme, and I knew, oh, my gosh. This goes back to uh, 1969, the film called On Her Majesty's Secret Service with the actor, who was really a model, George Lasby. And James Bond got married, and not even one second into the honeymoon, they're driving away, and Blofeld and, and the bad henchman killed his beautiful wife, Tracy, and he had this beautiful green Aston Martin. Did you pick up on that, ladies and gentlemen? That's amazing. So here's some Easter eggs. Did you see that car in London when James came back to London and, 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 and went to his storage facility? And that's the same car from the movie, see, from the movie On Your Majesty's Secret Service. Another uh, uh, um, Easter egg, if I may, and I knew this when they were making the film, is they filmed it in Jamaica. It was kind of a tribute to Dr. No, but it really was a tribute to Ian Fleming. The house in which James is looking over at the boat and at the bay was Ian Fleming's ranch house called Golden Eye. And that's where Ian wrote most of his books, if that makes sense. And I do love in, uh, the, 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 the fight scene with James and the Cuban uh, CIA agent. Oh, I've only had three weeks training. She was just drop-dead gorgeous with those beautiful eyes. And, man, she just kicked butt, and she's in heels and a dress. And I, I like how they're kicking butts with the baddies. <laughs> James pours 
them both a quick drink, salute, and they go back to kicking butt. And how they end it, they just say goodbye. No, no kiss, no seduction. I thought that was really, really classy. Now, here's where I'm going to get in trouble. But I'm 60. I was raised on James Bond, 007. But I know we live in a different world. To me, James Bond is 007. That's it. In the books and in the movies, if there was a double O that died, that was their number. What happened to George? Double O two died. That's it. It was dead. It was, it's, 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 it's done. I, 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 I just, and I like how they did this film. They went back and forth on the double O seven. They did it very classy. And the new double O seven, the female, African-American female, kicks butt. I know she's getting a lot of hate mail, but God bless her. She did a great job. And they said it's only a number. I just think that was, that's, that's, that's and, and especially if you saw the third act of the film, how both of them are clearing rooms. They're working together. You know, old James Bond and, and the new 007 female. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of weird. This is what I believe. If James Bond is dead, 007's gone. That's it. That's how I was raised. That's what I believe. I hate to say this. It's, can you imagine, if I may, and I'm doing this tongue-in-cheek. Everybody loves Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman kicks butt. The actress is a former Israeli uh, uh, instructor <laughs> with the Israeli army, okay? She is a badass. But can you imagine someone like Big Gay Al from South Park? Oh, my God. I'm the new Wonder Woman. Woohoo! Love the tights. Oh, baby. No. No. That's not right. Let me step on another toe. Can you imagine someone as disgusting as David Duke wanting to play the Black Panther? No. I hope and pray that, 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 that if, if, if James is dead, just retire the number, which, which is going to be kind of spotty. I don't know. Because here's part of the problem. Amazon o owns 50% of the James Bond franchise. Eon Productions still owns the rights. Eon Productions is uh, uh, Broccoli and Wilson, you know, the children of, 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 of the former producers. They own the, the movie rights. But I think what Amazon wants to do is they want to do something like Marvel. Marvel has spin-off characters. You had, you had uh, uh, Captain America, you had Iron Man, and now you put Thor, and you put them all together, and you spin off different characters with that. Maybe they're trying to do that. I, that's, 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 but that's just my feeling about 007. I think part of the problem, ladies and gentlemen, is we've gotten so politically correct, overly politically correct about everything, and people are up in arms. James Bond does not have blonde hair. I hate the new Bond. Mm, really? You haven't even seen one moment. He's a wuss because he wore a life jacket. Really? Daniel Craig was a wuss. In the beginning of the second act of Casino Royale, he's jumping and running and going through buildings and trying to, it's called freestyle, free walking or something, trying to catch this bad guy, free run, free run, I think it's called. Unbelievable. And, it, and, and they did a smart thing, though. Um, like I said, Miss Lynch did a great job as a new uh, uh, 007, per se. But the, the producers brought in the, one of the best writers from the LGQT community. 
and they said, okay, we're going to soften this. We're not going to have sex scenes. We'll do this. Let's make, let's move it forward. Let's move the story forward. And that's where, if you listen, it's a sign, it's a, it's a drop line. When, when Monty Penny and Bond go over to Q's home, and Q's like, what are you doing? You can't do this. He's going to be here in 20 minutes. I know this is not a nine to five job. I just want one time that I can have a date. I thought, oh, that makes sense. Q's gay. Okay, big deal. And didn't get a reaction from, 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 from Monty Penny or James. Who cares? If Q's gay, God bless him. But I thought they did. They're really trying to do a good job. The character that I think did a good job was Mallory's character because he's always in control. And he did something five years ago before James left. Okay, so it's now 10 years. He did a very bad thing. They got out of hand. And he's so nervous and so out of control. And James has a line. Uh, James Bond's character has a line. says, aren't we thirsty? Because he has like three drinks in like a minute. I'm like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And they had to tie up a lot of loose ends. They tied up Felix Leiter's character and Blofeld's character, you know, which tells me when they have the new 007 films or the new James Bond films, I don't know what they're going to call them, 00 or James Bond, you know, they're going to have a clean sweep, but they still have Mallory, Monty Penny, and Q, which I think is a great team. So we'll have to see what happens. Now, when it comes to the villains, uh, 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 th sometimes the villains are just cartoon characters. But Rami Malek, the guy from Bohemian Rhapsody, I thought it was going to be in a film just a little bit. In the third act, he just dominates it. He's the most phallus, disgusting villain you can ever create. I love his, his, his garden, his secret garden or his garden of death, the lair of that. Man, that was beautiful. It's scary. And, what's, and his name, too, is what? Saffrine, which sounds to me a lot like Sarin. I used to be a chemical warfare defense instructor instructor back in my days in the Air Force, 1981 or so for about a year or two years. Sarin is a nerve agent gas. And then you look at the pools of the villain and all those people in protective PPE gear, and they're stirring up chemicals. One guy falls in, he's dead within seconds because it eats him like acid. But out of all the villains, I thought he was so terrible, he has a little child with deep blue eyes threatening James, threatening her life and lives of millions. And there's one scene, there's two scenes, two lines, or there was one line, when Felix Leiter meets James Bond, says, I need your help, brother. You're the only one I can trust. <laughs> Why does the CIA need my help? I'm out of the game. I'm retired. Our people are not playing nice in the sandbox. That was a reference to Trump. <laughs> it really was to me. And the COVID reference, if you saw it on the screen, if we don't take care of this now, Here's projections for one week, three weeks, two months, six months. This thing will spread. And I thought, whoa, because I'm, I'm thinking they may want to, I'm surprised they didn't edit it out, but I'm glad they kept it in there. Unbelievable. And it was so weird when James came to see the little girl, and he says, blue eyes, and Madeline Swan says, nope, not yours. And then we do find out, of course, that child is you know, James Bond's daughter. Now, if, if you stayed at the end of the film, at the end of all the films, 
they always say James Bond return. And back in my day, they say James Bond return in Moonraker, James Bond return for your eyes only. They always did that. Because usually as you start wrapping up productions, you're in immediate production for another James Bond film. It just takes a long time to do. So I stayed the extra 15 minutes to see the last line. And you know what it said? James Bond will return. So I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if Bond is dead. And they come up with another Bond. I don't know. But that, that gives me something to think about. Here's something I want you to think about. When Mallory quoted Bond's memory, I want you to think for a second again where you're at right now compared to where were you at last year or where do you think you'll be tomorrow? Let's quote an amazing author extraordinaire, Northern California fame, uh, Jack London. When Mallory quoted Bond's memory, he said something effective of this, and I think this is so beautiful. The proper function of man is to live, not to simply exist. I shall not waste my days. I shall use my time. Hence, what do I say to COVID? No time to die. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is, that is our show. As always, I want to thank you for being a part of it. Hopefully, you got something out of this. I'm always trying to tie things in together. But I'm so, I just couldn't help myself. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could be on part of the Bond panel if they had one. Like, oh, yeah, that's this and this has happened. Thanks for letting me do that. And hopefully it gave you some levity. And hopefully it makes you think. It makes you think. And at the end of that Bond film, that girl's in the car. She says, I want to tell you about a man. A man named Bond. James Bond. And you have that beautiful music. Uh, uh, the, the Satchmo. Beautiful Satchmo. Louis Armstrong, the last song he ever did, ever recorded, if I'm correct, I might be wrong, but pretty much one of his last songs was We Have All the Time in the World. There's the Satchmo version, and there's the remastered version without him singing, which is just stunning. Just stunning. So with that, I want to thank our good friends, Pat Metheny, the Pat Metheny Group, and Pat Metheny Management for allowing us to have his beautiful music. If you have a question or a comment, please go to my website, DavePelzer, P-E-L-Z-E-R.com. Throw in a question. We'll try to work it into the show. Sometimes it might take a few months, as you know with me. So, folks, I want you to have a happy holiday. Wherever you're at in life, please know you're not alone. Go see a movie. Take a walk in the park. Sit. Sit. And just look at nature. Get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. If you can't sleep, go outside. Go to your backyard. Go to your patio. Take in God's blessing. Take in that beautiful scent. Do something for yourself. Do not just exist. But live life to your fullest. What did Babe Ruth say? Every time I strike out, 
I'm one swing away from a home run. My existence, ladies and gentlemen, is because I attempted to try. I want you to attempt to try to be happy. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, keep the faith. You never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. And as always, please do as much as you can for as long as you can or as many as you can. So my friends, until next time, please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and God bless. Thank you.